The information presented in this podcast is of a general nature and is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. It should never be used as a substitute for mental care, medical care, or for prevention, diagnosis, or treatment of any other illness. Always consult with a mental health or healthcare professional before engaging in any activities promoted in this podcast. Have you ever wanted to be a superhero? Join clinical psychologist Dr. Janina Scarlett and host Dustin McGinnis as they explore the psychology behind your favorite TV shows, movies, books, comics, video games, and more. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to Superhero Therapy with Dr. Janina Scarlett. I am your host, Dustin McGinnis. I am a musician, filmmaker, and all-around fanboy. And I am Dr. Janina Scarlett. I'm a clinical psychologist, author, and a full-time geek. So today we are going to continue our special podcast series aimed at supporting our listeners through the coronavirus pandemic. And today we have a very special guest with us, Dr. Bailey San Juan. Dr. San Juan, welcome to Superhero Therapy. Can you please tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Of course. Hello, listeners. I'm Dr. Billy San Juan. I am a doctor of psychology. I am a writer. I've worked on projects like Magic the Gathering. I've done some of their flavor text. I'm part of the Sterling Publishing Pop Culture Psychology Group, along with Dr. Scarlett and a couple other amazing psychologists and therapists and pop culture experts. And I currently work at an inpatient hospital in Chula Vista, California, here in beautiful San Diego. So you're still on the front line and everything. How are you coping with this? I wouldn't say I'm on the front line. I would consider the nurses, the doctors, the support staff at all of our ERs, all of our ICUs. I would consider them front line because they're interacting with patients who have COVID-19. They're the ones saving the lives most at risk from this virus. We're more of on a secondary front. We're still going in. We're still seeing severely acute psychiatric patients, but we're also screening for patients who might have COVID-19. We're also screening our staff. It's still very weird, though. And the reason it's weird is you and I and anyone listening, and for every single person on this planet, the fragility of existence is front and center. Mm -hmm. A lot of us are coping with our mortality for the first time. And I actually brought this up with some of my fellow hospital staff. There is the very strong, sobering, sombering possibility that someone we love may not be here next week. Mm -hmm. And that's scary. It is frightening. It is very yeah. How are you personally coping with this current global situation? I'm coping through a few ways. I have a wonderful wife who makes me laugh and smile. I have wonderful friends like you guys who, who check in on me. I'm keeping myself busy. One of the main ways I'm keeping myself busy is I have decided to catalog my entire trading card game collection. Wow. Awesome. <laughs> no, it's a terrible idea. <laughs> it's like buying a giant bag of rice. For any listeners who don't know, I am Filipino. And when I was a kid, we would go to the Asian market and buy these like 50 pound bags of rice. 
They look like sandbags that you would use for a flood. Mm-hmm. And it would be like taking one of those giant bags of rice, counting every single rice grain, and then sorting them by size and texture. It's a terrible hobby. I would not recommend. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but it is a time consumer, so that's a good thing. It is. It's very zen. It's very mindful. Dr. Scarlett, I know that you are uh, big on mindfulness. Mm-hmm. And I'm finding a couple cards worth some money that I didn't know I had, so that's fun. Score. (laughs) (laughs) So this podcast is going to be on fun and gaming during this pandemic. And this question is for both of you. How important is it for humans to maintain our playful roots? I think that now it's more important than ever. We are seeing so many awful news every single day and it's horrifying and Dr. Sanwam was right in terms of yes there is this harrowing reality that either some of us might have already lost someone or we might lose someone and I think that constantly living in only the consumption of fear and only the consumption of this worldwide grief that's going on right now is not good for our mental health and is also not good for our physical health and so it's important to still live. It's important to actually maybe live more than we've ever lived before. And that means finding joy and playfulness and connection with people that are important to us. And research studies are actually finding that play behavior for people of all ages, so not only for children, for adolescents and adults as well, can be really important for our mental health in that it can be an important mood booster. It can be really helpful in terms of increasing our socialization skills and conflict resolution skills and cognitive processing And so engaging in different kinds of games with each other can really facilitate the kind of learning and joy that we really need right now. And the truth is human beings are so complex. We can hold a whole bunch of different emotions. We can experience fear and hopelessness and grief, but we can also experience joy at the same time. And I think that's what many of us are missing. So I'm so glad that we have Dr. Sanwan on this podcast because He's actually the first person that taught me Magic the Gathering. Thank you so much for that, Billy. And I'm incredibly grateful for having this opportunity and for being able to play some of these games with you, Dustin, and then also with some of our friends online. Mm-hmm. If I recall correctly, I think you also kicked my ass during the first game of Magic we ever played. (laughs) That's probably only because you were looking at my hand and telling me how to do that. So technically, you kicked your own ass, sir. But that's a big notch in your belt. (laughs) You know, I got to tell you, I kick my ass on a daily basis. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. It's, It's funny because it's such a dichotomy. The world is burning. Everything's on fire. Everyone's suffering and in pain. Everyone is worried for their lives. And we're talking about fun. We're talking, have fun, be joyful. And I'm sure some of the listeners out there are going, how? Why? This is not the time to have fun. And I would argue with you, dear listener, who is looking at your speaker, your computer, your phone, however you're listening to this podcast, in disbelief. I would argue that we need that more than ever. And here's why. Your brain can handle only so much. It's like a space heater. 
it shuts down when it gets too warm. Whether it's laugh out loud fun or some sort of Zen hobby, like putting together a jigsaw puzzle, anything like that, you need to give your brain a break. Dr. Scarlett, there was something you said earlier that reminded me of the work you do, especially with chronic pain patients. The world right now is in a bout of chronic pain. Either we can focus on that pain and have it consume our entire lives, which is very easy with social media. Every other Facebook post, every other Twitter post is horrific news. We can either focus on that pain and let it consume us, or we can accept it. We can do what we can within our capabilities. And then for all the other things we can't control, we can acknowledge we can't control this and try to live the best life possible. I love what you said, you know, in terms of finding these moments of joy. I remember when I first moved to San Diego from New York, I was away from my family. I didn't really know many people and I was just going through a lot. It was a really dark time in my life and you offered very kindly to teach me and some of our fellow friends Magic the Gathering and we decided to play it in the library. Do you remember? And <laughs> when we got to the library, it was a Sunday afternoon, I think. It was our university library and it was closed. And us being the nerds that we were, we snuck into the library. We broke in to the library. I admit to a past oh, crime. You guys are rebels. I know. We broke into the library. I mean, to be fair, it was just that the back door was always unlocked. <laughs> so yeah, we... we're not admitting to any crime. <laughs> <laughs> and so we, we snuck into the library to learn Magic the Gathering, to use one of their classrooms to sit down and, and learn Magic the Gathering. And it was so fun. And it's one of my favorite experiences in grad school. And I just, I don't think you get nerdier than that, you know? like a group of grad students sneaking into the library to learn Magic the Gathering was great. And thank you so much for that memory. Oh my gosh, you guys are hilarious. <laughs> I wanted to make a point of what you, you guys are saying because we're all in this together, this global pandemic. And this need for creative ways to cope with it is actually global. We all need to make the best of the situation that we're in. So being stuck at home and finding creative ways to pass the time is important. Games and gaming are wonderful outlets that can facilitate joy and entertainment. Do both of you have any favorites or suggestions of games for our listeners? I like to break games down for this pandemic into three groupings. There are games that are social. For example, ironically enough, I remember one of my favorite memories. I remember Dr. Scarlett and I and a couple of our friends played the board game Pandemic. Yep. <laughs> that is very appropriate for this time, by the way. Oh, yeah. It was. I think we lost. So hopefully humanity will do a better job than we did. Actually, we won. I did still remember win? that because it was after that that I was like, yes, this game is all about hope. And I went out and I bought it. <laughs> and I've been recommending it to all my clients, especially people who are having like family conflicts. I'm like, this game is awesome because it's all about working together against like a common enemy. And then like a month ago, I recommended it to my client and then she came back and, you know, last week we had a telehealth session and she was like, yeah, so I bought Pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
I'll be honest, Pandemic is a kind of game that actually with some creativity can be played virtually too because it's essentially a game where you and the other players are fighting the pandemic in different roles, right? Everyone has a different role to play. And it's something that can be played over Zoom, for example, where one person has the game and they're moving all the pieces and the rest of the people could be, for example, telling them where to move the pieces. And I actually think that as you mentioned this game being ironic in a way, but I actually also think that it could be very helpful because it shows that if we all work together, we can beat this thing. May I just mention that the phrase, oh my God, this game is all about hope and I went out and bought it, may be the most Dr. Scarlet thing I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there's board games like that and you mentioned Zoom, you mentioned, I mean, there's so many ways to communicate virtually with friends or even with strangers with meetups through the internet that you can play these board games. I know people who are holding online D&D sessions. Mm -hmm. I know people who are holding entire magic tournaments. And I'd love to give a shout out to San Diego Magic the Gathering pillars of the community, Andrea and Shoshi. They realized that the Magic, the Gathering, and Trading Card stores in San Diego, and there are some great ones who hold tournaments weekly. It's become our tradition to go every week, to de-stress, to meet up with friends. They realized that that was going to stop. So they set up a Discord server, and they organized with all the other shops in San Diego, and they held a straight-up tournament a Friday night magic tournament for San Diego. They had a Google Docs sheet where people could sign up and they put a lot of time and effort into this and a lot of people had some fun because they stepped up. And you see this all over the United States and all over the world. People are stepping up and people are going, how can I help? Well, I, I don't have medical training. I can't sequence the RNA of this virus. But what I can do is try and bring a sense of normalcy to a world that is in complete chaos. So I'd love to, yeah, shout out to Andrea and Shoshi and everyone who helped run that Friday Night Magic here in San Diego. Yeah, that stuff's That's very amazing. important. Amazing. Very necessary. You were mentioning Magic the Gathering, both of you. And Billy, you're highly involved in the Magic the Gathering community. Is there a way that folks can play this game online right now and... If so, how can they learn how to play? Absolutely. Magic the Gathering has a couple platforms online. The big one right now is called Magic Arena, and it's very similar to other online games that you can play. It's very similar to, say, Hearthstone. Actually, that's the only one who comes to mind, but I'm sure there's other great games out there. And for that one, you get paired, or you have a friends list, and you play the game, and it's got some fun graphics. There's Magic the Gathering Online, which is more of a tournament-based software. You still have the card. You still have the fantastic artwork from the cards. But that's kind of more for players who have an idea of what they're doing. It's a very complicated game. Whereas in Magic Arena, it's what card do you want to play? Click, click, click. You've played it. And then there's an older version of the software. It's called Duels of the Planeswalkers. D-U-E-L-S, that you can download 
I believe their microtransaction shop is closed, but it's a great learning tool as well. It was actually designed to be a learning tool for people to learn how to play this game. You were just saying for people <clears throat> to learn how to play the game. Can you just give a brief synopsis of what the game is about and kind of some rules of how to play? Sure. So Magic the Gathering, <laughs> you are a wizard that we call a planeswalker. And a planeswalker is so called because you walk different planes in the multiverse and you wield powerful <laughs> magic that you derive from mana. And anyone who's ever played, I don't know how I became like a, a, a really old woman. <laughs> but that's my accent now. You I'm sound like a witch. Nasty. I yeah. love it. I, I am. I'm gonna. I am gonna be a witch now. There's, <laughs> a, there's always some kind of wise woman on these adventures, anyway. Yes. That is true. There's. It's very Joseph Campbell. There's gonna be a wise, older mentor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not gonna stop. I'm gonna continue using the voice. Do it. <laughs> the world is on fire. I'm making silly voices. Do Let's it. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> And I shall too. I am the superhero. <laughs> oh, hello, superhero. So you want to learn how to play Magic the Gathering? Yes, citizen. Well, here's how you play. You summon the energies from the plane of existence that you're on, and you can use it to cast powerful spells, like a firebolt <laughs> or a lightning bolt. Or you can use it to summon big old monsters to destroy your enemy. And that's the game it, in a nutshell is you have a deck of cards that we call your library because library, it's a book, a spell book. And you <laughs> it's a place of knowledge. <laughs> it's a place of knowledge, just like my old recipe book in the kitchen that makes 15 different types of pies. Yes. <laughs> that didn't even make sense. Absolutely makes sense. We're, we're and, having fun. And also, I imagine that when you're playing this game, it's helpful if you have some pie. As the Winchester brothers will agree, wrong fandom, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I want to get a little bit more serious here because there is this, like, somewhat of a stigma that revolves around video games and generally around. And someone, card games like yeah. Magic the Gathering. And someone spending too much time playing them. What is your professional opinion about the value of games and video games? In my professional experience, I find that games can be very helpful for emotion management, for helping folks to socialize. There are a lot of games that have a social aspect to them. So, for example, games like World of Warcraft, Call of Duty, Minecraft, a lot of times can be played together in that folks can play together, go on a specific mission, and also interact with one another on a headset. And what that means is that people are not only playing, they're also catching up a lot of times and they're facilitating joy, which is so important right now, more so than I think ever before in our lifetime for folks to connect with one another. I specialize in helping folks with PTSD, and I've seen so many individuals, including veterans, who say that games like World of Warcraft have saved their lives because through playing these games, they were able to find friends 
And these are now individuals that they fully confide in and socialize with on a regular basis and are able to find support in. I know that there's been a lot of criticism from like World Health Organization in terms of quote unquote video game addiction. And the truth is, as mental health professionals, we look at everything, every kind of behavior as a function, right? What does this behavior function to do? And if games are being played to facilitate engagement, socialization, or even just to kind of relax and wind to manage someone's anxiety as games like Animal Crossing have been doing, for example. That's wonderful. There are even research studies showing that games like Bejeweled and Tetris can be really good for helping folks to manage their anxiety, depression, and even prevent PTSD if these games are played well or shortly after a traumatic event. So for example, Puzzle-based games like Tetris have been shown to significantly reduce future PTSD symptoms such as nightmares and flashbacks if played shortly after a traumatic event like a car accident. And so now that we have this ongoing worldwide trauma like a pandemic, I actually think that puzzle-based games might potentially be helpful at helping folks to reduce potential symptoms of trauma because it gives our brain something to focus on. And as to these like worldwide criticisms in response to like, quote unquote, video game addiction, I think that video games have received an unfair kind of scapegoating here because I think a lot of times video games are more of a tool, like a coping tool, for example, wanting connection or going through something challenging, but video games themselves are not the issue. I think that some people spend a long time playing not because they're, for the lack of a better word, addicted to a particular game, but more because they might sometimes lack other emotion regulation strategies. And so my strategy when working with folks who love gaming is not to take their games away, but to give them other coping tools to support them when they're struggling so that a game can become what it's supposed to be about fun, entertainment, and connection, and with a full tool belt of other experiences, other tools like mindfulness, for example, to help folks manage their difficulties. And what's interesting is that the World Health Organization initially was advocating against games. Now, during the pandemic, it is actually advocating for games, and it's suggesting that folks play together as a way of staying socially connected while practicing physical distancing. I have to chime in here because I'm finding this situation so necessary. Both of our sons are in their own respective homes and we have this huge distance and the only way I can communicate with them right now is through playing video games like Minecraft or Call of Duty, Modern Warfare. We get on there and we've been playing together and communicating and that's been my only interaction with them and it's so special. That time with them is so special to me. Absolutely. It's been really challenging not being able to see them for so long and we don't know when the next time when we'll be able to see them is. But being able to play games and interact through FaceTime and Zoom has been absolutely life-saving. What are your thoughts, Billy? Well, I agree with you guys. I'm glad you're able to spend your time with your kids that way. And there's a lot of people who are spending time with family members playing these games. You know, not everyone is a sit down in front of a webcam and just talk about your day type of person. A lot of us have to do an activity. And I think it's great, you know. 
one of my interests is masculinity psychology. And men tend to bond with their offspring by doing an activity together. Whether that activity is IRL or virtual, it's still bonding time and means a lot to the kids. So props, dude. Yeah. In terms of the World Health Organization, which, by the way, has a lot of doctors. So you could say that they are who doctors instead of Dr. Who's. Um, <laughs> yes. That was gold. That, that was, was amazing. Gold. <laughs> I love that. You're welcome, world. <laughs> uh, games are like anything, right? Games are not going to solve all of our problems, but they're going to solve a lot of them, especially when it comes to boredom and cognitive stimulation. You mentioned puzzle games. There's a lot in the world that we can't solve right now. So it's a nice feeling mm -hmm. to give us a sense of control to be able to solve one of those bejeweled-like puzzles. It gives us a sense of control in a world where we don't have control. And we need that so we don't spiral. It's a matter of moderation. In the DSM-5, the Diagnostics and Statistical Manual 5, we look at use disorders. We look at behavioral disorders and we look at substance use disorders. One of the main things that we look at is, is it impacting your daily functioning in a negative way? And if it's not, then by all means, do what you do. If I decide to have a Diet Coke a day, and it's fine, and I'm not suffering any health consequences, I'm using it for the caffeine buzz to get me through the day, I can put it down if I need to, then I'm good. But if, if it's all I'm drinking and I'm dehydrated, then it becomes an issue. And games are like that. It's funny to me how so many of these organizations sometimes look for a scapegoat for political reasons. And video games have had a long, long history. And not just video games. Dungeons and Dragons. Mm -hmm. Magic the Gathering. A lot of these types of quote-unquote nerdy games have had a long history of being that scapegoat unfairly. I have a chat group, a couple of friends and I. It's one of those casual chat groups. We talk about our day. It's through Facebook. Shout out to the Shakira group. We call ourselves uh, Shakira. And the, the group chat was a lot of news about the coronavirus until Animal Crossing came out. And Animal Crossing came out, and all of a sudden the mood became a lot lighter. It gave us something to talk about. It gave us excitement. It gave us joy. And the reason for that, and the reason we play games, is because games are, you know, unless you're missing work or missing school because Halo came out, which happened in college for one or two people, mm -hmm. um, unless it's impacting your life negatively, then games serve as a social and cognitive exercise. Just like you go to the gym to exercise your muscles, just like you study to exercise your knowledge base. Games, whether it's video games, whether it's trading card games, board games, social games, solitary games, they are social and cognitive exercises. They build your creativity. They give you a sense of control in a world that's falling apart. Dustin, you mentioned Minecraft. Dude, I've been playing Minecraft almost nonstop. 
I love it. Oh. I love the way that it, even the music is so soothing for mm-hmm. me. I, I swear, I just strip mine for hours just sitting there going straight in a line. And if I get into lava, I build around it and just keep going straight in a line. I'm not doing anything super productive, but I'm just relaxed. You're being but creative. I, exactly. I disagree with you, Dustin. I think you are doing something productive. Minecraft is a great way. I, the music, man, it really mm-hmm. soothes me. Mm-hmm. It's soothing. I mean, a lot of people would argue that when you take your car for an oil change or when you do it yourself, you can have the mindset of, well, this is a waste of time because I'm not driving anywhere. Or you can take the mindset of, this is one of the most productive things I can do because it ensures I can drive in the future. Mm -hmm. And that's what humans are great at. Humans are great at planning for the future. And we can bring this back to COVID-19. The isolation. A lot of people are thinking, oh, why are we needing to isolate? It hasn't hit our town. I'm safe. No, this is an exercise for the future. We are investing in our ability to control the spread of this disease. So isolate yourself, pick up a copy of Minecraft, pick up some Magic the Gathering cards, pick up a D&D book, pick up a couple great phone app games, have some fun, spend some quality time with your loved ones, and invest in the future health of the human race. Mm-hmm. Preach it. Well said. I actually have to add one thing. The other night, we were just interacting with our son, and we started playing Hangman. Over FaceTime. Over FaceTime. And you don't think that it would be that fun, but we spent two hours playing that game, and we were having a blast. Absolute blast. Yeah, we were just playing Hangman over FaceTime, just showing each other the sheet of paper with the lines and the Hangman thing, and it was so fun. Like, I think I wouldn't have realized or I wouldn't have thought how much fun it was until we just decided you know as we started catching up over facetime hey let's play it and his our son and his girlfriend decided that they wanted to play and we went with it and it was an absolute blast and so there's so many games that we can play just like pencil paper games and have a wonderful time and of course we're catching up as we're playing and it allows us to laugh and it allows us to see each other smiling and it's so important especially now i couldn't agree more could not agree more yeah (laughs) did you guys like cheat or give him really long words we totally did oh we gave him a word jerks (laughs) we we, we gave him a word that just well we actually hung them and it it was cute i i I made a little cowboy with a cowboy hat and some chaps and some guns (laughs) (laughs) just just to play with them but yeah it was quite the word i won't give it to anybody because you know it's one of my go-tos when I have to, <laughs> when I have to really Any put it down. Hangman games. <laughs> <laughs> so, honestly, this is so much fun. We love interacting with you, Billy. We miss you. We're so glad that you came on our show. We're going to go ahead and end this episode of Superhero Therapy. But can you please tell our audience where they can find you on social media or reach out to you? You can find me at Billy underscore sense. That's Billy with an I, B-I-L-L-I underscore S-E-N-S-E. You're going to get a lot of nerdy stuff, a lot of psychology, and a lot of MMA and wrestling stuff as well. Woohoo! Yeah. 
Well, thank you all so much for tuning in. Again, my name is Dustin. You can find me on Twitter at The Valiant Geek. And I'm Dr. Janina Scarlett. You can find me on Twitter at Shadow Quill or Dr. Janina Scarlett Official on Instagram. Thank you all so much for tuning in. And remember that you are a superhero.